you have to build self-trust through proving to yourself that you can do the small but challenging thing. You really fail then because you're not even trying. I really want to think about this question because this could shape humanity, this last question. Hello, my name is Cassandra Deanne and welcome to my podcast, Things I Talk About. Okay, so buckle up because today's show is going to be good. We're going to be diving into the topic of success and failure with Kevin Palmieri, who is the CFO of Next Level University, which has earned the title of Top 100 Self-Improvement Podcast. Now, the last I checked, Next Level University has published over 1,400 episodes now. Wow, what an accomplishment. Um, no pressure. <laughs> I'm excited to have Kevin here today to talk with us about this journey. Kevin has a heart-driven, no BS approach to holistic self-improvement. By sharing his stories, he helps others reach the next level in love, life, health, and wealth. So, Kevin, thank you for taking time to be with me here today. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yes. So first of all, Cassandra, I appreciate you having me. Thank you for your time as well. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Hopefully we can live up to the reputation. That is always the goal. Yeah, today, I am a podcaster mainly. Uh, the, the majority of the time, I'm sitting in front of this microphone talking to people, which at one point was just a dream. But I am also a podcast coach and consultant. I am the CFO of our company, so I'm always learning more about money and finances and all that stuff. I am married, young lady named Taryn, and I have two wonderful cats who I call my my fur babies. I'm just a guy who wants to see people succeed. I want to help people raise their awareness and I want to add value. That's it. My my goal really is to be the person that I needed when I was younger. And that really influences a lot of the decisions I make on the day to day. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yes, I saw a picture of your cat. Um, <laughs> very cute. I have a tuxedo <laughs> too. Yeah. So before we dive in, I thought it might be helpful to explore your definition of failure and success. I believe that we kind of all have our own unique perspectives and we all have our own unique journeys. And so how would you define failure and success for yourself? If you asked me six years ago, failure would have been any mistake or not getting 100% of the result that you desired. That would have been what I defined as a failure. Now, I really do not believe, and it's going to sound very out there probably, I don't really believe there's anything that I would constitute as a failure unless it causes you to quit. Okay. That really is my new frame is, and here's the example, and this is really when I had a breakthrough. I was coaching someone years ago and they said, I have this test coming up and I don't even know if I want to take it because I'm afraid I'm going to fail. And I said, let me just ask you a simple question. If you take the test and you don't pass it, can you retake it? And she said, yeah, I can retake it. And I said, does it cost money? And she said, I think it's 50 bucks. And I said, I'll give you the $50 if you don't pass. Just take the test. You can't fail if you can retake it. That's not failure. Failure is final. I said, now, if you do take the test and you do not pass and you decide I'm not smart enough, 
then maybe we could constitute that as a quote unquote failure. Now, my understanding is you're, you're going to make mistakes, but you can make mistakes in momentum, fail forward instead of having a, a massive failure. So that's my new definition of failure and my new perspective on it. And then success to me is creating a life that is aligned, that is sustainable, and that is fulfilling, really. Aligned from the perspective of you're doing what you were put here to do. You feel like you're growing and contributing to something greater than yourself. You're not just here for you, right? You're, you're putting something into the world. Sustainable, the way you make money, the way you spend money, where you invest money, all of that is sustainable from the perspective of you can keep doing it for a long period of time. And then fulfilling is you feel like you're doing the right stuff. You feel like you're having the impact that you want. You feel like you're not always doing the easy thing, but you're always doing the thing that you'd be grateful that you did. That's what success really means to me. Specifically to me, it's health, wealth, and love, right? I want to be the most in shape, the most healthy I can, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. I want to be the most in love that I've ever been with those that I love and myself as well. And I want to be the wealthiest I can be so I can support my family, so I can support other people in need. I can continue to grow this, this business and impact people. So those are my unique definition. Everybody own unique definition. I am wondering if you have any advice you can share for those who um, don't quite see it there yet. I love it. I mean, I love it that, you know, we can look at the mistakes or failures with a broader perspective and, and not be, not have them feel so devastating, really. Would you have any advice you can give to that might help reshape how others view failure. One of the things I would say is if you create real failures on purpose, if you know you're going into something and you're most likely not going to get the result, the perfect result, I think it kind of creates a little bit of a safety net. That would be the, the first bit of advice I would give is understand that there's always going to be room for improvement. So even the, the self-awareness of, what is your normal context? When something happens, do you immediately say, these are all the mistakes I made and then say, okay, this is what I did well. First thing, if we could flip that and you could say, what, what is my one win from this experience? What is my one improvement? I think right there, that would help you shift from saying this was a failure to this was a success. What was my one big takeaway? What was my one big lesson? What was my one new perspective? Awesome. What was my one improvement? well, I would have done this better. So we gave a speech recently in Pittsburgh, which is like 10 hours from where I live. And I forgot some equipment that we needed. And I'm the tech guy. I'm supposed to have all the equipment. And <laughs> when, when I was talking to my business partner, I said, yeah, that's on me. I forgot it. And it sucks. And I know we're not going to get as much content as we could have, blah, blah, blah. Like there's, there was a bunch of things, but then I went to the wins. I said, but we do have some content. I can get creative with it. I'll send it off to the team. I promise this, this won't all be for nothing. And we got paid to be here. There's a lot of wins in there. So it really depends if you're somebody who has a potential level of self-belief, you have to look at the wins first. 
if you're somebody who has like a 10 out of 10 self-belief, it would probably benefit you to look at the losses because you need to keep going mm -hmm. and make sure you're getting better and better. That would be my frame is understand what is the context you usually see experiences in and then mm -hmm. try to try to set something up that is just outside your current capability zone. So you're kind of going to have the opportunity to make mistakes and then see what that feels like. I believe a lot of us have a negative relationship with mistakes and failure because we avoid them. The things that we avoid, we usually have negative relationships with. And we've convinced ourselves that we could never have a positive relationship, so we continue continue to avoid it. I would say exposure therapy, exposing yourself to micro doses of failure, quote unquote mistakes, would probably benefit you, I'd say. Mm, that's really good. Um, I know growing up, I was raised in a religiously abusive home. And one of my journeys has been feeling like, yeah, I'm not going to get things right. And like you said, avoiding, mm. you know, not being willing to attempt, <laughs> you know, um, for fear of getting it wrong. So yeah. it's like, can it, can you really fail then? Because you're not even trying. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So you talk a lot about vulnerability. So I'm going to ask you a big one. Can you share with us an, a, a low point, a, a difficult spot in life you may have found yourselves where it felt like a failure and what was this circumstance and how did you pick yourself back up? Uh, the second speech I ever gave, I was riding high off the success of a first speech. So the first speech I ever gave went way better than I expected. I felt great. People were laughing, not at me, but with me. It was good really well. So I got an opportunity to do my second speech and I went in a little bit arrogant. I thought it was going to be easy. I thought I had it. I didn't think I had to prep that much. And I went through the five things on my flashcard in like 15 minutes and I had a 45 minute slot and it got to the point, Cassandra, and I'm not even kidding, where I had some kids that were there come up and do push-ups with me. We had a push-up competition. <laughs> I just blanked out and I said, let's do push-ups. I didn't know what else to do. So yeah, I bombed my second speech. It was pretty bad. And Alan, my business partner, and he was there with mm -hmm. me. He, he spoke with me as well. We went home. We got McDonald's to, to lick my wounds a little bit. And then we, <laughs> then we watched the recording. We watched the entire recording of our speeches because neither of us did really well. And we figured out how to get better. It was... It's very, very challenging. It was a very, very vulnerable position to be in. It was very, very overwhelming. There was a lot of shame. I was embarrassed. But I was with somebody who I knew wouldn't judge me. So it wasn't as challenging. Alan and I have been through the ringer together. That's nothing compared to what we've been through. That's not a big deal. I knew he wouldn't judge me. I knew he wouldn't shame me. I knew he would help me get better from that. So my reaction to that was, okay, I think this went really badly. Let me look at the actual truth with hindsight to figure out how it actually went. Here's the, here's the interesting thing. It didn't go as bad as I thought it did. It didn't go as well as I had hoped for sure, but it also didn't go as badly as I thought it did. And if I never watched that footage back, I probably would have a more negative talk relationship with that. 
I may have said after that, I could never do that again. I could never get better than that. That is terrible. I can't do it. When in reality, it wasn't as bad as I thought. It just wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. So that was my reaction. My reaction oftentimes is to get, get accurate feedback. You're usually not as good as you think. I had a, I have a very successful client who gave me this advice one time. He said, Kev, the press is always wrong. You're never as good as they say, but you're never as bad as they say. You're usually somewhere in the middle. Now, in this situation, I was the press. So I wasn't as bad as I thought, but I wasn't as good as I was going to be. That's been a very important thing for me to keep an understanding of and keep eyes on over the last six years. Mm. That's really good. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, and yeah, I, I love how you said you went back and you rewatched, you know, the video and you got, you know, you, you realize, oh, well, this wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And yes. I think, yeah, sometimes it just feels so devastational, but yeah, when we go back and look, um, it's not as bad as it seems. So that's awesome that you took that pause, you know, <laughs> McDonald's and, <laughs> you know, went back and, and did that. That's really good. So now I have another question for you. Now I, have as I've grown and healed, I'm very big on spiritual evolution and, you know, overcoming um, challenges in our lives. So as I have evolved and grown and I've gained more confidence and start dreaming bigger. Mm. So I have a question for you. For those of us that are really, really ambitious, <laughs> how can, let's explore the topic of how that um, having a goal, which you're super fixated on, mm. um, how does that, how do you think that influences success or failure? The goal is the destination and the goal creates everything you do do, everything you don't do, every person you spend time with, every person you don't spend time with, everything you say yes to and everything you say no to. The level of clarity you have on your goals is very, it's very well connected to the likelihood that you're going to accomplish them. So goals are goals are everything. It just creates direction. It creates boundaries. It creates ne necessity. It creates opportunities. It allows you to stay focused on the people, places, things, ideas, feelings, content, whatever you want to put in that, in that bucket, that's actually going to help you get there. And here's the thing. If your goal, let's just say your goal is to, to get to 1400 podcast episodes, right? Because I can, I can speak to that. Then you have to understand that you're going to fail more than somebody who only wants to get to a hundred episodes. Mm -hmm. I did a post recently where I said, if you, if you look at me and you think I am remotely successful in any way, shape or form, that's because you've seen my 100 public successes, not my 1 million private failures. And again, fail, I use the word failure, but I don't really think they are. I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made mistakes in this episode. I've misspoken. I haven't said things in the right way. It's just par for the course. So your goal, well, this is what I would really say. The level of your goal truly, from my perspective, should be connected to the level of your self-belief because mm -hmm. if not, you might not be able to handle the quote unquote failures that it takes to get to your goal. And you might stop when you start getting certain successes. 
we could have stopped a long time ago and said, yeah, we're a successful podcast. We can just ride that off into the sun. But my goals dictate my schedule. And one of the other things, and this is very important, a lot of people are going to tell you, you should probably work less. You should probably take a vacation. You should probably, you got to get extra sleep. And I sleep a lot. So I, I do agree. We should all get seven hours of sleep minimum. But I've had a lot of people who say, well, you, you can cut, you can slow down now. Right? Why don't you why don't you put your business on autopilot and let it run itself? That's not why I'm doing this. That's not the goal. That's not the goal, simply. So it also dictates who you listen to. Because unless somebody understands what it's going to take to accomplish your goal, you have to take their advice with a grain of sand. If you if you are a mother, I can't advise you to the degree that I can advise somebody who has a life like me. I don't know what it's like to be a mother. I have no idea. Your goals are probably a lot different than mine and that's okay. They should be. So yeah, the goals, I know a lot of people talk about goal setting and all that and it's super important. I think it's way more important than people realize because it's connected to everything. Your habits, your relationships, the things you do, the things you don't do, the content you you consume, everything is based on the goal the failures, the successes. But one of the thoughts that, and we've been sharing this a lot lately, don't feel like you have to set a, a world-changing goal. Figure out what is something that you actually believe you can accomplish, but you do believe it would be challenging. I think that's a really good place to start because you could say you want to have the most successful blank in the world, but if you don't believe you can, you might not do the necessary steps to get there. But if you said, I want to get to 10 podcast episodes, Oh, I got to 10. Okay, let me set another goal. I want to get to 50. Let me up the ante. Then you get to 50. Then you can build on that momentum. That's really good. And I like what you said as far as I'm hearing it as balancing, you know, you can have the goal that that's great, but also, like you said, not seeing, you know, people see the successes, but they might not see the failures as well. And, and being able to balance both the goals, the ambition with the possibility of the journey to getting there, mm -hmm. which kind of goes to my next question I want to ask you. And, and that is once again, you know, this is sort of tying into personal experience. I think what you've accomplished is incredible how what advice would you give though to the people in the middle that's the hard part i feel um you know it's it's you have the starting which is great it's exciting i'm starting you know yay i'm gonna do this thing and then you have you know that goal that ambition where you want to be but we can't just snap our fingers and and jump as much as i'd like to to the finish line so what advice would you give to those that are in the middle um, and going through something? How how can they be present? How can they, um, any advice you have on that middle space that I feel like we don't often talk about? Yeah, one thing I would say is more people are in the middle than you realize. I'm not, I might be quote unquote successful, but I'm, we're not even in the middle yet. I'm still, we're only like 1% there. Our, 1% might be contextually bigger than other people's. But trust me when I say I am not even in the middle yet. We are still just getting started. So that's a scary thing to even talk about. That would, <laughs> that would be the one thing is I believe 
when we look at people, we assume, oh, that person is already where they want to be. I've met a lot of these people behind the scenes. They're not at the middle yet. They're, they're not even at the middle yet. So you might think you're at the middle, but you might not be. And that's okay. That's actually, there's a lot of possibility in that. So that would be one thing I would say. The second thing I would say would be a perspective shift. If you can ask yourself this question and come up with an aligned answer, I think you're probably in a pretty good spot. How many of the problems that you have today are problems you would have wished for five years ago? When I asked myself that question, a lot of the problems I have today, okay, they're not that bad compared to five years ago. That is what I've been doing a lot lately because it has felt like I'm in the middle. We're in between where we are and where we want to be, but aren't we always in a way? Because the closer we get to what we want, we usually set the goal out further. Well, you know, we're, we're going to make six figures this year. We might as well do 200,000 instead of 100. We could do that if we kept pushing. Okay. So it's, it is, it's, it's balancing or juggling. I like juggling the ambition, but the gratitude. So it's something that we call grateful ambition. I have to be grateful for everything that I have, because if I'm not grateful for what I have, I will not appreciate my presence. I won't appreciate what's going on in the present. But I also have to stay ambitious because if I don't stay ambitious, I won't do the necessary requirements in order to create the life that I have designed for the future. So it's the gratitude with the ambition to continue going. I always throw that out there because you have a lot to be grateful for, even if you're not there yet. That would be one. And then I would say, okay, what are the bottlenecks? What's what got us to the middle most likely won't get us to the finish line. So what are the things we need to redesign? If Maybe if you're a small business owner, it's time to delegate. Maybe it's, oh, I've been living in my comfort zone with this. It's time for me to try something new. Maybe it's, I have to raise my prices. Maybe, you know, it depends, right? It depends on where you are and who you are. But I would go back to the drawing board. Maybe it's what you don't know yet. That's a big one. A big one, a big understanding is, the level of your success holistically is going to be connected to the level of your self-improvement. But the reason I say holistic is because you can get rich and not be a good person. For sure. A lot of people are. You can be a good person who can barely pay their bills. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people like that. You can be very in shape, but very, very broke and very, very lonely. There's a lot of people like that. If you want to be holistically successful in all arenas in life, that is going to come down to your self-improvement set point. So no matter where you are in your journey, going back and investing yourself and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and learning about stuff you need to learn about, that is always going to be a good answer. So I would throw that in there as well. That's good. That's really good. And yeah, I, I love that you, you know, are bringing up the self-improvement aspect of that and that being, also the bottleneck. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the first one for me hearing that. Um, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on that one a little bit in my own journey. And I also think it's interesting, like you said, that you know, to what you you look to other people and what they seem as, oh yeah, they're there. Um, and then they feel in the middle, like you said, the people mm -hmm. you've interviewed and talked to, that's, that's, I think that's encouraging. And I love the gratitude. Um, I love that piece too. That's beautiful. Thank you. Of course. Um, all right. So what, what advice would you give 
to the person that might be in a position right now where they're sitting in, you know, those, you know, there's, there's times in which our lives where we feel like, oh yeah, that didn't go how we wanted, but there's times that are really low, like really, really low. We feel like big failures or maybe even, you know, people come to a point in their lives where they feel like a failure, which is, is really challenging. So if there was someone listening that was in one of these spaces, what guidance would you give on how they can take that first step to sort of pick themselves back up? I would break, I would break something down into the smallest possible pieces to rebuild momentum, to rebuild self-trust, and to prove to yourself that you're better than you currently think you are. One of my favorite exercises is going to the supermarket and just practicing the ability to hold eye contact with people. Mm -hmm. It sounds, it might sound silly. You might say, how does that have to do with anything? It will help with your confidence. I'm certain of it. Because when you're not confident, you look away because it's uncomfortable. One of the, one of the greatest challenges on earth, this should be the last level of any video game, is seeing somebody walking down the supermarket aisle from the far end and you're starting at the other end and you don't know what to do for the 15 seconds before you make eye contact. It's the most uncomfortable thing in the world. But it's that simple stuff where if you say to me, I'm afraid to have conversations with strangers. Awesome. Next time you're at the supermarket, say hi to the person who's doing the checkout counter. That's your start. Then when you go to the drive-thru and get your coffee, ask them how their day's gone. That's it. That just starting super, 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 super small. You do not need to take massive action to build tiny momentum. You don't have to. You have to build self-trust through proving to yourself that you can do the small but challenging things. That's what I would say. I would say you will get inspired when you start moving. And when I say moving, I just mean when you start when you start doing. Waiting for inspiration to come and kick you in the butt is just, it's going to delay because you most likely won't. That would be my advice. I know it probably sounds overly simplistic, but when I was really struggling and I felt, and when I say I felt like a failure, my girlfriend left me, work was super slow. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was broke. I remember saying to myself, I'm going to go to the mall and I'm going to walk up to people and just approach people. I need to get, I need to get it back. I need to build some confidence. I need to, I need to build that energy. I need to get positive energy around me. I need to be a shining light. That's what I started with. So I don't advise it because it sounds good. I advise it because it's something I've done. And I, I've done it with people too. And it's worked really well. So yeah, starting very small and just building up momentum with the thing that seems, again, I sound like a broken record, Cassandra, the thing that seems possible, but it will be a challenge to do. Then here's the beauty. When that thing is not a challenge anymore, you go to the next thing. Okay, I'm going to have a full conversation with the person behind the desk while I'm waiting for my food, whatever, whatever it may be. That's a good challenge. Cool. Do that. Rinse and repeat that. And you're going to continue to evolve. You you have no idea. That's so funny because you hit a little too close to home, Kevin. You hit a little <laughs> too close to home because yeah, that uh, confidence has been my biggest journey um reconnecting with myself and yeah 
I struggle with eye contact. I struggle with carrying on conversations. And there was a time in the beginning, um, I wish I would have heard that sooner. It because <laughs> I would, I would go to, like you said, the grocery store and, and I would leave the house and I tell my husband, I said, okay, my goal is to just look at somebody and smile. And the first time I couldn't do it. I came home and I was in tears and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. This is, you know, I used to pride myself on the resting bitch face, you know, the more <laughs> to make yourself as unapproachable as possible. So people don't talk to you and it took some time, but yeah, I would go. And then before long, I told, you know, I come home and tell my husband, oh my gosh, I spoke to the waiter. I had a conversation, you know, and worked on building that up and last night was my first night i decided to really push myself out of my limits and take an acting class and i did it i showed up i did it but hell i was the first person out of that place it was like <laughs> okay i did it what baby steps <laughs> so i love that advice and yeah it you say it sounds simple and and yeah it does but for the person that is struggling with confidence and feeling, you know, that way, it's not, it's not small. And, and the sense of pride that I felt achieving that was significant and that, that was a beautiful first step. Thank mm -hmm. you so much for sharing that. I, I've, I was great advice. Okay. So, um, I have one more question for you. Okay, and this is this is a big one. This is pretty, pretty major. So I've been studying and looking into your work. And I have found that you have said that you can cook a baked potato in the air fryer. <laughs> and my question to you is, does this take as long as the oven? This is, and I want to take this, I really want to think about this question because this could shape humanity, this last question. <laughs> I cannot take credit for this. I was making my wife and my father-in-law steak and I really wanted, this is the first time I ever cooked steak for my wife and my father-in-law. And I said, I got to get this right. So I looked up <laughs> all the stuff. I'm going to make baked potatoes. Okay, cool. I don't want to put it in the oven or I don't want to put it in the microwave for 45 minutes. What do I do? What I found is you take some, you take some potatoes. You okay. take some olive oil, throw a little salt, a little pepper, anything else you want on there. And then you just rub that all over the potato. I believe it's 400 for 35 minutes okay. in the air fryer. You flip it once and it comes out amazing. If you like eating the potato skin, yeah, that, that is, that is absolutely the way I, I find it pretty easy to do. So I would say it's probably easier than any other thing, but I also don't know what the hell I'm doing most of the time when I cook. So for me, I'm usually looking for the easiest way out, but I have kind of fallen in love with cooking. So that, <laughs> that's what I did. It came out really well. I got some, some shining endorsements from my family. So I would say it's good. I'm going to give it a try. I was, I was cooking potatoes the other day and I was like, I was watching one of Kevin's video. He said something about air fryer and, <laughs> and I was, I went to look it up and I got lazy. I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just stick it in the microwave. Yeah. That easy, you know, but I was like, you know, I probably should have tried it because it probably does have the crispy skin. I'll have to give that a shot. I'll and it makes your, it. it makes your house smell so good too, because you can, oh. 
Yeah, you can the olive oil. DM me if you DM me, I'll send. You, I'll just send you the article I used. I'm sure I can find it again. So yeah, DM me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So in conclusion, here is there anything that you're presently working on or super excited about an offer or um, a project that you want to share with listeners? And how? What's the best way for them to get in contact with you? I'll be sure to put links in the description, but. Talk with us a little bit about how people can connect. Yeah, I always say listen to the podcast. That's always my offer. I don't, I don't want to try to sell you anything. I, I don't know you yet. So yeah, if, <laughs> if you resonated with what we talked about, we talk about a lot of this stuff on the podcast. There's an episode every single day, so it's a great opportunity to pop on over after you listen to Cassandra's. And from there, everything, we talk about it all the time. But if you ever want to reach out to me directly, my email is kevin at nextleveluniverse.com. And then my handle on Instagram is neverquitkid. I do my own Instagram. I do my own email. So questions about anything, I'm happy to answer. No question is too small. Maybe you want to talk about building confidence, whatever it may be. So yeah, those are the best places to reach me and learn more about what we do. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope that this has caused you to look at failure and success a little differently, maybe cut yourself some slack (laughs) and relax more into these things. And don't be afraid to get out there and try things and, and loosen up on those perspectives and maybe give the baked potato and the air fryer a try. (laughs) So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Bye. 